Whisper Podcast. Oh, sorry. Whisper Podcast may contain content that may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. That's better. Hello, and welcome to Whisper Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Zach Tyler. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm your host, Dylan Gomez. My pronouns are they, them. This is a podcast where... The fine arts, true crime, and mental health are a throuple. We bring you part one of episode two. Today, we're going to be talking to Clear Mortify. But before we jump in, how are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing pretty well, honestly. You know, I'm soaking up. I just moved, so I'm soaking up living in the new space here. Uh, Yeah, uh... I'm doing pretty good. We made some fucking nut milk today. It's phenomenal. Um, It's tasty. Yes. (laughs) You know, we love nut milk. Um, Yeah, it's a pretty good day. How are you doing, Dylan? (laughs) Well, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to have our first interviewee um, clear on here with us. Yeah, I I know. I'm like so stoked. And it's like, I remember when we first started talking about this interview, like how excited I was. So, yeah. It's finally here, the day we've been waiting for. Um, So to start off our interview, let me tell you a little bit about Clear. Clear is a trans non-binary music artist who is so sweet, creative, and spiritual. Two of my favorite songs from him are See the Signs and the song So Much More. I have seen his progress in his career and his transness, and I find it to be so inspirational. So I asked him to join us here today on the show. Uh, So want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Clear? Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. I am honored. My name is Clear Mortify. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns. I am transgender non-binary and so grateful to be here alive on this green earth and a part of the Whisper podcast today. Ah! Woo! Yes! I am so happy you're here. Okay, so we're going to start the interview here. One of our first questions is going to be, how are you doing? My day is going great. It's going great, thanks. Woke up, did a little reading about uh, two-spirit identities, and then, you know, got out of bed, had some nice cold coffee, and worked on a a little song um, for a bit, you know, made a flyer for my new trans-spirituality online cyber group that's going to be happening. Yes! So, you know, it's a great day. So excited! I'm grateful to be alive. Got food in my belly. Yeah, the sun is shining. Yeah, we're already getting inside a little scoop, inside scoopy scoop. Out. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all, it's been a, it's been a blessed day. It's been a blessed day. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. So we're gonna start off, and I want to know a little bit about your experience with being trans and where it all started for you. So the first question that I'm going to ask is, when did you realize that you were queer? Wow. Oof. I mean, I remember having queer feelings uh, when I was like 12, maybe. Um, but I didn't like attach the language to it at that point. Um, yeah, those were more like sexual queer feelings. But in terms of like gender queer feelings, geez, I don't even know. I think for me, I think of my gender as like different textures of embodied experience so arguably i've been having gender queer textures uh for my whole life 
I, I can't really pinpoint when my first like super trans embodied experience was. Um, I can remember the first time kind of thinking I wanted to use they them pronouns, but that that comes quite a while after, I think, wanting to do other things like gender bend and um, explore gender dynamics. So it's been a lifelong journey. Claire, do you remember the first time that you ever saw something? Because you said you pretty much always had queer feelings. Um, Do you remember like the first time that you were like, you saw some kind of queer representation or somebody queer or something that was like, oh, that's it. That's, that's what I'm feeling. I didn't even understand that trans masculinity was an option for me until, you know, the past handful of years. Um, But I do remember when I first met the person who became my husband and then my ex-husband. And when I met him, he was still using his birth name and female pronouns. And I just remember being like, wow, I didn't know a woman could hold that type of energy. And that was the sentence that I would always say to describe how he captivated me when I first met him and fell in love with him. And um, looking back on it, like that was my first, uh, those were my first intimate moments with transmasculine energy in my life. I didn't have any other transmasculine in my people in my life before connecting with him. So what did you learn from that relationship? And what did you learn about trans people, especially being so close intimately with someone who is trans? What did you take away from it? Wow. Mm. Well, I learned that it's possible. It's possible to transition. Um, And it's beautiful and it's sexy and uh, it's fun and it's fulfilling and it's adventurous Um, transness is so cool and like I just had so much reverence for him and for transness through loving him and that was before I realized that I was trans too Um, and yeah yeah that's what I have to say sweet I love it (laughs) so have you experienced any hardship when it comes to your gender identity like when you came out as non-binary did you experience like any hardship from like family members um people who you were intimate with friends your community around you yeah thank you for the question I think you know there, I've I've struggled with symptoms of depression and anxiety since I was ten, um, and so they they weave in and out of my life as teachers, and um, sometimes they're stronger than other times, and they were really intense. Like I was dealing with a lot of grief uh, while I was with my ex husband, and I remember there was this one day when I said to him, you know, when I think of myself using they them pronouns it's like this whole cloak of anxiety that I didn't even know was there before just drips off of my body and he said to me that's because you have so much internalized misogyny and that was where the conversation ended um so looking back and understanding myself as I do now and loving my dynamics 
within myself as I do now, um, you know, I see that that was my first time coming out. That was my first moment coming out as trans. And he was in a space where he wasn't able, you know, to hold that. And that's his own journey. And I don't fault him for that. I have love for him and for his unique expression. And he was doing the best that he could at the time. Um, so that I, I don't hold resentment against him for that. Um, but that was definitely put a, a damper on my on my coming out. It wasn't until years later that I came out as non-binary to um, someone who was a dear friend of mine and a lover at the time named Christina. And they hold they held such a beautiful space for me um, on the day when I came out. It was actually the 11-11-11 portal. It was November 11, 2018. Yes! When I had... Wait, did you like oh, do yeah. it at 11-11? I don't know what time of day it was. Because that would have been, like, so fucking on the spot. <laughs> yeah, eh? I, I have a quick question for you, Claire. Because I, I heard you say yeah. that I, I you put it beautifully. I, I love the when you when you said, you're like, just the thought of, like, using they, them program, pronouns was, like, dripping off anxiety yeah. off of your body. Like, that sounds perfect. I was, I was just wondering, like, do you have like any kind of like daily rituals or affirmations that you like, uh, like tell yourself to kind of keep you centered in that to mm-hmm. remind you to kind of like align you when you do have like kind of those conflicting like energies around you? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I have a lot of daily practices that hold me. They hold me down and they hold me up. Um, I have an altar and a mirror at the altar and right now I have my testosterone on the altar um, which I have not taken yet um, but it's there it's at the center um, I have my dildo on my altar right now yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. no Standing absolutely he's there um, I have golden teacher psilocybin mushrooms around my testosterone right now charging on my altar. Um, I have a picture of myself as a child uh, with my chest bare on my altar. And I have a selenite crystal egg. So that's what my altar looks like right now. I just got to Canada. I'm self-quarantining for two weeks um, under the law. So it's makeshift. But I, I wanted to explain to you that for me, my altar is whatever I can find that feels sacred in in my in the vicinity I'm in, and I sit there every morning and every night. I just check in, and uh, I, I observe myself and I give myself love, and I see my spirit. I see my most high self uh, as it is embodied within my avatar in this day, and I affirm myself from that place and that grounds me and it gives me a sense of love and purpose that I take um throughout my day every day oh man that's wonderful and I love so beautiful that was such a good response yeah no right and it it just the the different the objects that you have there right now how they're Mm -hmm. part of your experience like right right Mm -hmm. now but also you have like your 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 child self which is always a part of you Mm -hmm. I think that's that's great. Also, your sexuality, everything is just there, and you you see it every 
every time you need to. So I just find it to be so beautiful that everything that is in your altar is just so significant to you. And then you're just able to like have everything all in one place. It's like carefully, it's like chosen for that purpose. That's nice. Thank you. So I picked up where you said that you had your tea on your altar and that leads us into our next question where I wanted to ask when did you realize that you were a non-binary man? Oh, oh, I love being a non-binary man. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it. I came out about a year and a half before I was able to hold space for my non-binary manhood specifically, even though it was only a couple months after I came out, came out as non-binary that I knew I felt like a boy very very strongly and clearly and when I had that first moment of realizing I felt like a boy it was like the greatest relief and elation I had ever felt even even greater than coming out as non-binary but it was also so much fear because I you know were taught to believe that trans people have it so hard and um, have so much trouble being accepted which can be partly true but also there's so much trans community that is so fulfilling and enriching that in many ways I feel more close and in, in greater community than I ever have in my life being trans. So it's both. But I recently came out as a non-binary man to my family and my friends and my partner. And it was difficult to get there. And it actually was because my dysphoria had become so acute that I realized who I was and on a deeper level. So at the end, I noticed that you had mentioned your dysphoria and I wanted to know that, how did that feel for you in regards to your dysphoria coming out as a non-binary man? Did you notice a difference? Hmm. Yeah, it was very healing. It was a lot easier um, because at this point, I was assigned female at birth and I uh, present to a lot of people as femme just because of how my avatar looks because being an estrogen dominant um, body. So for me, my experience is not, there's so many different types of non-binary experience, of course. And for me, it's mine is not one of a non-binary woman. It's, mm, it's one of a non-binary man. And so like being able to articulate that very clearly was just like super super healing for me I just needed my partner to know that I never wanted to be categorized with women um, in his mind and even though that was something that he wasn't doing uh, it was important for me to be able to articulate that as strongly as I have and it's been just relieving mostly relief a lot of relief so clear how did since you came out as someone like i've come out several times in several <laughs> different ways but same um, so as same. yeah so as somebody who's also come out like a few times like how did the second time as you actually coming out as a transgender man like differ from the first time or first times that you've come out in the past how did this last time mm-hmm. uh, kind of change a little bit? Yeah, yeah, great question. I think this time it was 
I explained it more to my family. I'd say that was the biggest difference. I chose to write a long letter to my nuclear family, my sister, my mom, my dad, and my stepmom, and um, explaining to them that I wanted to take medical steps and why, and just everything that I had taken stock of from the time I was a kid wanting to get my tubes tied at age 12 to um, up until this day wanting so strongly to be able to show up in a gay relationship as a man and be with another masculine person um that for me has is something that is so real in my heart and is pulling me to take uh, medical steps in a very strong way and along with other you know variables and other pieces for me so I explained it to them and then subsequently my dad said you know could you come out to the extended family because they're going to be around this summer and I don't want to have to explain it to them when I don't have all the information about you in the same way that you do so I then wrote another letter and sent it to 39 extended family members and most of them were super supportive which was so lovely and I'm super super blessed to have a lot of love and encouragement around me from my family and you know there has been you know the odd uncle who is stuck in the past and still haven't replied to that email i just don't have the time to do a gender 101 lesson (laughs) again to, to him yet but um bless his soul bless his journey and i hope that you know this liberates his masculinity and in whatever ways he needs it and um I'm just grateful to be able to be out and be me and be safe and be seen by the people who can see me. Oh man, that's, that's awesome. You already did so much more than like most. Oh yeah. With, like, e- oh my gosh, emailing everyone, you, you're you so brave for that. I just, I, I don't know if I would want to see all the responses that I would get. Thank you. But I think that's awesome that you did that. Yeah, it was a lot, but it also was a, it was a big weight off of me. And just being like, yo, these are my pronouns. This is my new name. Because they kind of knew that I had changed my pronouns to they, them. And I was going by clear mm-hmm. instead of my birth name, Claire. Um, but yeah, it was nice to just be able to be like, I might look different over the coming years. Um... I'm going to be going through this. This is what it is. This is how you can support me. These are some resources if you want to understand it deeper. And this is, you know, don't call me niece, call me nephew. (laughs) I think that that is so amazing. And I also think that it is just so beautiful that you have so much support behind you coming from your family and coming from your friends. And I feel like it really is just going to help you along your experience. Um, you know, and it even makes the experience more enjoyable for you. Yeah. And even having that encouragement from your father is super mm-hmm. beneficial mm-hmm. because, you know, you have that support coming from your dad. Like for me, coming from a Hispanic family, it's kind of like a secret mm-hmm. where it's very like hush hush, like that's your business and you keep it to yourself. Yeah. So like having that support mm-hmm. and I think that that's like super amazing and super beautiful to hear. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, also, like, what that does for the fact that you, you know, are educating so many people. Or not so much, like, educating, but just exposing more people to transness. (laughs) Like, later, when they encounter more trans people, it's like they have somebody to associate, which I think is awesome. Yeah, thank you. I've thought of that, too. And I think that is why I will 
reply to my uncle's email, um, just really breaking down for him, going a little bit deeper around what non-binary means, what transmasculinity is, and the fact that masculinity has as many different incarnations as people who identify with that word. So is there any good reads that you found, like any books, any articles, any Instagram pages or anything that you found that you feel like would be a good source of information for people who are trans or people who are non-binary and just the overall queer spectrum? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for the question. I read a book called Seeing Gender recently, and it has a lot of visuals and it covers... Um, different intersections of identity uh, in a way that was helpful for me to um, just develop my understanding and it also had personal anecdotes from the person who uses female pronouns and was was assigned female at birth but um, has had top surgery and definitely feels like a a gender variant person their name is Iris Gottlieb I think is how you pronounce her last name her last name Um, yeah so that book was helpful for me. I just passed it along to my trans non-binary friend, Megan, here in Vancouver. They were super, super stoked to have it. Um, but I will also pass it along to my family while I'm here. Um, I also ordered Alok Menon's book, um, Beyond the Binary. So that should be oh. back at home by the time I get back to LA. So I'm really excited to read that. Elok has been a huge resource for me and so many people in understanding non-binary and gender diverse identities and the history of colonial violence against trans people and um, eugenics and it's just all so wrapped up in history of racism and colonization and it's been really helpful for me to continue learning and um, unlearning different forms of transphobia that have um, existed within me due to colonial violence and just the the structure that we're living under in the in the west so really grateful for Alok's work and there's so many people who are just fantastic resources but they are uh, definitely a number one for me so you talked about like the system that we're in right now I know Zach you had a couple questions about um the BLM movement and all that and how you how um clearer has been made themselves present when it comes to that. Clear, how do you feel about the movement? What do you wish, you know, mm-hmm. more people did? How do you suggest people should be a part? Yeah, well, the Black Lives Matter movement is so exciting and so important and equality lifts us all, period, bottom line. So as we lift up the most marginalized folks in our communities um, at this point, namely um, Black trans women and trans feminine people and brown and indigenous trans feminine people uh, we lift up everybody and that's something that we're all understanding more and more and it's been a privilege that I've been able to get out on the street and protest um, in Los Angeles and you know been signing petitions and making calls and taking so many of these action steps that so many people around the world have been taking this has been the biggest civil rights movement in human history and I'm so inspired how we're all showing up and there's just been so much information online too and on Instagram and as I've been learning more about the colonial roots of transphobia and of fatphobia and of misogyny and uh, you know ableism and there's just so there's so much 
violence entrenched in the uh, you know the heteronormative white patriarchal culture um, that is the hegemony here in the West and arguably around the world and you know when I think back it's like violence is a reaction to fear and to greed and so we can have compassion at the root for the child selves of the people who have been the perpetrators of colonial violence but at the end of the day we need to be centering for me it's like i need to be centering this around where do we go next now that we are new incarnations speaking for myself as someone who's of british and scottish descent you know, I am a new incarnation in a white avatar. And how can I go from here in my body with my embodied spirit and move forward to co-create a new earth with my siblings here on this earth who have so many different types of experiences? Again, recognizing that, you know, the black experience is not a monolith. There are as many black experiences as there are people who identify with the word black. Um, and so it's like for us to come together as a community during this time so much of it is really about listening and listening to voices that haven't been listened to and acknowledging and holding space and lifting up the wisdom of our community members who have been held down and held back and you know sharing sharing resources and re rerouting resources that have been stolen and funneled into white communities that have been stolen and used to perpetuate the system of violence that is holding us all down and it's yeah as a trans person it's also you know on a personal level been really healing for me to understand that trans folks were the shamans of communities around the world pre-colonization and for me to be holding space for the fact that i stand and walk between worlds as a trans person like that's just so affirming to me and I'm so grateful to have access to that knowledge and I'm so grateful to all of my ancestors of light who have held this lineage for me and held it down and so grateful to people like, um, you know, uh, who people who have actually actualized the pride movement who in many cases were black and brown trans feminine people um, who are some of them still living today and some of them who have been murdered and have their lives taken and um, I'm just very grateful and humbled to be where I am today, still learning every day, listening every day, both in meditation and online and in my communities, listening deeply. Oh man, well said, well put. So well put. Like, honestly, I couldn't even <laughs> think of what to add to that. Uh, but I do want to say, did you just say trans? I was, <laughs> I love that you caught that too, Zach. I was like, I was oh so like, my god. I was, <laughs> hold on. This is literally the perfect yeah, time. Me too. Held it down. Transcestors held it down. That was just so informative. And it makes me so happy to hear that you're so well educated because, you know, it gives me confidence that other people are very well educated. And this is the type of support that the BLM movement needs. We need people like you to be well-educated and to continue to educate themselves just so that way we can actually, you know, make a difference and make a change and give black people the rights that they deserve. And not only that, but it's like the BLM movement needs this type of support. Yeah, I mean, it's like, wow, like 
folks from the Afro-Indigenous diaspora and the African diaspora have given so much culturally and just enriched, speaking for myself, my life so, so much. You know, the music that I sing has all been channeled through um, folks of the African diaspora. And that's one of the greatest ways that I connect with myself and with spirit. And they are my mentors and my friends and my leaders. And for me to show up in support of them and listen to them more deeply and understand the the pain and the struggle they've been going through every single day of their lives and still do um that's the least i can do for community members who i love and who give so much to me um and i know that a lot of people feel that way and are really showing up in an ongoing way um since this movement and um indefinitely out into the future this is this is the the new world this is the world we're living in 2020 and beyond we are ascending together we are leaving no yes yes Yes. so i'm sure that you subtly mentioned this but how have you taken part in the blm movement yeah i think like the biggest thing for me has been listening and learning and um you know as i said i'm grateful to be able to get out on the streets in Los Angeles and protest to, you know, have conversation online. Um, and when things I say, you know, ruffle the feathers of other white folks, being able to have conversations with them, you know, really holding space and compassion for their experience and recognizing that um, acknowledging and understanding black folks and people of color and the struggle that they go through does not minimize anybody else's struggle that there is multiplicity, that's the world that we live in. So that's been a good way for me to engage, having conversations with friends and family, um, you know, rerouting resources, giving money, giving time, um, just like showing up, checking in on folks. And yeah, again, learning, listening deeply, doing research and Instagram has been a really powerful resource. I'm so grateful to everyone who's been sharing so much throughout this time. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a revealing time. It's been a very revealing time, but it's also been a healing time. And this is this is how we move now. This is how we move as a collective now. We're here for each other, and just every day finding new ways to do that with deeper integrity and to to purge the colonial shadows that have shown up in me in my life and in my communities, addressing them directly and um, just holding space for the fact that I am better, I am healthier, I am stronger as I am purging the colonial shadows, whether it be of greed or of transphobia. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot, there's been a lot and it's, it's, it's spiritual work to truly cleanse those energies from the body and from the energy body and from the collective within our communities and so I've been showing up for that and very grateful again for the ancestors coming through and for the ancestors of the land that I'm walking on there's just it's a lot I'm supported I'm very very supported in that work on a spiritual level and uh, we all are and we're all we're all doing it in one way or another I believe right now um, and that is a very important part of the movement is the spiritual cleansing that folks are doing. So you're 
from everything that you've been telling us, like you're a very spiritual spiritual person. Um, what does like spirituality mean to you? Like, how does it like impact your day to day life? Um, like, obviously, you told us like it impacts your activism, but like, what, what other aspects? Um, you know, do, does it affect you in? Yeah, well, gosh, I Zach actually asked me this. Zach and I used to live together, by the way, for those who do not know this, we're listening to the podcast. <laughs> and I remember... Yes, we yes, used to be roomies. It was a good era for us, a very good era. Um, and one morning they asked me, they were like, so, you know, what's the difference between, like, God and spirituality and energy for you and I think there was one other piece that you asked me and I kind of broke it down for you and um you know as per your question Dylan for me to break down spirituality I think I know I know it's a complex question I, yeah, <laughs> didn't, no, I didn't mean to tell you what is spirituality <laughs> just define like, spirituality yeah define it please break it all down give us a chart no uh, no, like, just, like, what it means to you, how it affects you, how you, how you feel about it. Um, I love spirituality. Spirituality healed my depression and anxiety, and it heals it any time they pop up again. For me, it's my rooting of who I am truly. When I think of self-love, um, who is the self is my first question that comes up. And when I really come down to, like, who am I? What is the I am? You know, I always come back to it this unified web of existence that I am one intersection on the web of energy connecting and so the true identity that I hold is one with the divine consciousness and that's my understanding of who we all are um but for me to root back into that identity I feel held I feel safe I have faith, I have trust, I have gratitude, I have reverence, I'm in awe. Um, that just brings it all together for me. And then from that place, I can go and function as my, um, you know, ego identity or my human identity, who is this, you know, multi-gender person in a body. And I have this name and this storyline that I've been living in and these people who I know and I'm in this physical location and that's great and I can do my thing and I can live my human life but when I'm able to root into my spiritual identity then there's just this balm of love and safety that is the background hum of my personal life that's beautiful yeah that is honestly so beautiful and I love the way that you described it and it really just took what I felt like I thought spirituality meant to another level even though it's how it's personal to you on how you see it it just really kind of gave me a different perspective on how I see it and also thanks (laughs) I do remember that conversation that we had that morning it was super complex and I think the fourth thing that I asked you was the spirituality God energy and religion and religion that's what it was that was the other one yeah so if you want to elaborate on the rest of those kind of give us like a little summary that would be great (laughs) little baby answer just make it a one little yeah pie chart um, God is a word that I use to describe the unified web of, exi- of existence. Um, I wasn't raised with religion. I was raised with, um, you know, like Jesus Christmas, 
but that was pretty much as far as the religion went. Um, I do have a personal relationship with the spirit of Jesus Christ who has come to me in meditations when I wasn't um, ha- doing any specific Christian ritual. Um, I do have a relationship with the spirit of Mother Mary. She actually pulled up when I was having my mushroom ceremony a couple days ago, which was really lovely and healing to have her there. Um, but for me, religion is not um, something that defines my spiritual practice, but it can be kind of a touchstone for certain practices or tools, and especially a touchstone for um, archetypes that I can have relationships with, like Mother Mary, like Jesus, like Ardhanarishvara, who is a Hindu deity who is um, androgynous. They're half Shiva and half Shakti. They've been just like a beautiful relationship and mentor in my life. Um, so that's my relationship with religion. Uh, that's my relationship with God as a word, just to explain the unified web of existence that we all are. Spirituality, I guess I broke it down for you already. And energy is uh, is kind of self-explanatory. It's waveforms that are pieces of light energy code information that are you know so minuscule we could never see it with our you know our two eyes but it's something that we feel in our body in every moment we're all constantly doing energy work and energy healing just by how we're choosing to direct our thoughts and how we're choosing to live in our bodies the food that we eat how we move our body and listen to our body it's all part of a conversation with um, divine intelligence in my in my experience beautiful beautiful thanks yeah thanks for the question i just remember that whole conversation it like started and then i just remember sitting there in awe and i was like wow like but he just really has a wonderful perception of god energy spirituality and religion you were like you should tell people that you think this (laughs) (laughs) and here we are here we are and here we are babe We'll let them know. So I did want to revert back to questions regarding your transness. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, how do you feel now that you're going to be starting HRT? Oh my God. So effing excited. Holy bedoli. Um, So excited. So grateful to have access to the elixir. Um, I'm starting a super low dose of testosterone because I want to be gentle on my voice box so I can sing with as much, uh, you know, just control and just have as much of a, um, a consensual, slow relationship as my vocal cords evolve um, with, with them. And also just to get a feel for it, like, yeah, on a spiritual level, it's like I'm, I'm inviting divine masculine codes into my physical body to be integrated and I want to integrate them slowly and take a lot of time to listen to them and and ask them what they need and what is it they are wanting and how is just how are they interacting with the body I've been living in and um yeah so I'm really stoked there was definitely a moment when I was like I don't want my feminine to feel like I'm abandoning her I don't want her to feel like I'm um disowning her and that was why I chose to have the mushroom ceremony first and check in with my energy healer and just take the week to meditate. And it's perfect because now I'm going to be starting my HRT on the 8-8 Lionsgate portal on Saturday. Ah! 
yes the stars closest to earth on that day it's just gonna be very divine i feel grateful um for the timing super magic love that trip and um yeah i'm ready for it i feel present and ready for it and um i know like from other friends who are non-binary who take testosterone you know my friend kobe in particular they've said that um taking tea really grounded their femininity it gave them greater space to hold their femininity and kind of when we think about masculine archetype as a container and a space holder and um you know uh like a a witness or a provider in that in that sense i understand how taking testosterone can give the feminine spirit within me greater greater space and a greater grounding to fly free and really express more of her fluidity and her creativity um and her divinity so i'm stoked i'm super here for it i'm along for the ride um and i'm so curious about how my experience is going to keep evolving i think that's 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 incredible i love that you said that because that's something i mean as a trans non-binary person, like the the thought of like taking the hormones and everything, it, that's something I've thought of too. Like what if I take the hormones, like what happens to the feminine, you know? And I, I like that there is that kind of, it's almost like it grounds her. Like she's still there. Um, it's not, and you, you said you're not abandoning her. She's, she's still there, but, um, it's almost like giving her her place too with the male too um my energy healer who's a non-binary person they name, their name is Sid they said you know because your masculine side it has space now to to be seen in his fullness then your feminine side doesn't have to carry everything anymore it's like she just gets to chill and share the load so she's actually more able to share her gifts instead of be over exhausted so i just wanted to touch base on that and say you know i think that it is so beautiful that you know rather than suppressing your feminine energy or your feminine presence you're introducing her to a new friend so that way she just doesn't have to carry the load all by herself and then they're gonna be friend each other and just like party together and have a good fucking time right <laughs> so a follow-up question to that is what form are you going to be taking tea in yeah i'm going to be taking intramuscular injections so um the needle will go into the biggest muscle in my body and then i inject it there i'm going to be taking it every two weeks wonderful so excited so starting hrt what are you most looking forward to whoa great question oh my god <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> what am i most looking forward to i mean i think that like the early stages um i am curious and excited to see how i feel embodied and how my dysphoria um decreases even further just by having it in my system so even before there are obvious physical markers that I'm looking forward to such as my shoulders broadening my jaw becoming more chiseled my voice dropping a bit more 
Um, I am really excited just to see what it feels like. It's interesting. Just the initial like first feelings of just having it there is what you're most excited about. And just having it affirm my manhood from the inside out. Yes. And also like how how that's going to affect like when you're meditating and everything when you're making right. when he's becoming more you know present uh that's that's awesome can you please tell everybody how long you've had your uh tea like on your person and like how patient you've been with taking it i i just think it's so amazing because I feel like if I was in the position where I was going to be starting HRT, it would just be something that I would want to start right away. I would just be like, whoop, seeing you, you've just been so patient. And I just kind of want to know how, but also please just share with everybody how you've been so fucking patient. Great cue. Great cue. Honestly, I just wanted to be present with myself. And I knew because my energy healer had mentioned that they would support me in doing a ceremony or brainstorming what I wanted to do for a ceremony to take it in. And so that, literally, I got it super fast. I manifested that shit quick, which is <laughs> One of your superpowers. So lovely. Um, literally, the day that I came out, at least to myself, really about wanting top surgery and, you know, wanting to at least take some testosterone, was june 17th of this year so today we are recording this on august 5th of 2020 so it's been one two three four five six seven weeks to today that i decided i want to uh take tea and i got my tea um just under two weeks ago that was the same day i had the, the the testosterone doctor appointment on zoom i literally got it that day it was in my hand that same day so it was about five weeks from deciding I wanted it to having it in my hand. So, like, I've never heard anyone getting tea that quickly. Super grateful. It reminds me that the angels are like, this is right for you, my child. And I was like, yay, thank you for trusting me. So <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to be mindful. I wanted to respect it. I wanted to respect myself. I wanted to give myself space to process what I was about to do. Um, I wanted to, yeah, just infuse it with all the good juju and like, let it know that like, yo, I'm, I'm here to have a relationship with you. I'm not here to use you. I'm here to listen to you and learn from you and like collab on this next, um, era of my life. You know, for all I know, I might be taking tea every other week until I take my last breath. So it's also for me. I got my period the day after I got my testosterone and I just wanted that menstrual cycle to um, be allowed to exist and move through my body and I did uh, I did um, a ritual with the blood with my final menstrual blood and I documented it and I'm actually in the process of creating a Patreon where I share more about the ceremonies that I do and just what my um, intentional mindful transition is like and that ceremony was a part of that for me um, yeah you know just like uh, just just vibing with all the energies and all the juju making sure that like they know that I hear them and I see them and I'm here to be in relationship with all parts of myself 
um, this throughout this whole process. And then, you know, I was going to take it this past Saturday, but I decided I wanted to have the mushroom ceremony first just to integrate the wisdom of the mushrooms and the golden teachers, see what they had to share with me. And I'm really glad I did. That was a very clarifying and healing experience. And um, I was like, okay, word. Well, the Saturday after that just happens to be the 8-8 portal. So I guess we're doing that. And it's just perfect timing. It's perfect timing. So boom, boom, here we are, my brands. Wow. The, the fact that you can manifest things that quickly, I think, is just a skill in itself. Thank you. And <laughs> it just, like, came to you, like, five minutes later. You just had it in your hands. That's awesome. I love it. And I, I, yeah, I love being in relationship with all the energies and being in constant conversation with spirit because that that's how my life goes a lot more often than not in terms of manifestation. And it just feels good. I, I feel seen and heard by spirit. And I know they feel seen or heard by me. So it's like any relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that it's so amazing that you took the time to want to create a relationship with it, you know, and not just, you know, like you would an actual intimate relationship, just not jump on in like, oh, okay, here we are. Like we're dating and this is just going to be it for like the rest of the life. It's like, no, like I'm going to take time, get to know you, appreciate you for who and how you are, respect you and, you know, see how we're going to help each other grow and evolve. And I think it's really beautiful that you decided to do that with your tea. And I think that it makes it even more valuable to you, especially like what you did with writing down your menstrual cycle. I think that that's really beautiful too. And documenting that and having a ritual for it. Like I really admire how your experience is going for you so far. So how do you think your HRT is going to influence your artistry? Hmm. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know. I'm excited to see. I'm sure that there will be, you know, um, differences in the content of the music based on how my psychology and my experiences, my lived experiences shift taking the tea. Um, I'm sure I will continue coming into my non-binary manhood more stronger and more confidently. I already write about my manhood using the word man and like talk about gay love all the time and that's something that I've become more comfortable with even over the past four or five months um just talking about like you know I have this song called homo sensual that's coming out soon um you know just being able to speak um directly about my gayness in my music is something new but I'm sure that will just continue to evolve and I think that's kind of an example of like my comfortability with bringing my trans experience directly into my music like any straight um, cis person speaks directly about their gender and sexual experiences in their music i'm really opening up to doing the same um, yeah i'm sure hrt will only continue to amplify that and uh yeah my voice is going to change and i don't know quite how but i was actually in touch with a singing teacher earlier today who works with folks who are on testosterone and they said that their other clients uh trans vocal transitions have gone very very well quote so i'm here for it i'm ready really grateful to have them as a resource and onwards we go yes yes okay i'm so sorry i know i said that that was my one more question but i have okay, one on. more question <laughs> oh don't apologize go for it so um my next question was gonna so my next question is gonna be 
Is there anybody that you look up to or who inspires you who identifies as non-binary or who identifies as a trans man or who identifies as a non-binary trans man? Um, Yeah. Is is there anybody who inspires you? Heck yes. Um, I will say Dorian Electra is someone who I was watching (laughs) (laughs) their music videos earlier today while I was eating my cream cheese bagel, you know, like checking out their video man to man. And I'm just like, yes, homoerotic transness, like give it to All day. me. Yeah. Yes, homoerotic transness. Um, so really grateful for them and how they are showing up for themselves and uh, subsequently all of us. So shout outs to them, um, Dorian Electra. And um, there's this other trans guy called Mavi Phoenix, who um, I like his music and he is just starting testosterone as well. I saw on his Instagram. So that's super exciting. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people like online who I look up to, um, there's somebody named, um, Sage and their Instagram handle is King underscore Femme. I had the opportunity to interview them for my gender euphoria cyber series. And they're just like super inspirational to me because they're on testosterone. They've had top surgery and they're so femme and they allow themselves to show up just like in such a fluid way and they've actually said that having top surgery gives them even more freedom to do that um yeah i just love i just love seeing that i just love seeing non-binary trans expression it feels so authentic and so dope to me and so uh, just authentic and original i just love that shit yes love that shit (laughs) just love that shit yeah have you happened to see that dorian electra has an issue in playboy Yes, I, I saw it. that. I need to... <laughs> it was for those fire. You look it up. Look it up, Dylan. Literally, they look so fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They look so good. Um. Okay, so I lied. There's another question. Boom, boom. Give it to me. So obviously, all of our experiences with being trans are different. But, you know, with everything that you're currently experiencing and everything that you've experienced in the past, is there any advice or any tips or anything that you would like to give and someone who may be experiencing what you're going through or who might experience what you're going through or who has Ooh, experienced yes. what you have? Do you have any advice or any input for them? Well, everyone's trans experience is different and it, every single person's trans experience is a million percent valid. There is no right or wrong way to have a gender or to experience a gender. Your gender can change moment to moment. It can change day to day. Um, you know, you can you can be multiple genders at once. You can be no gender. Um, you are valid and you are real and you are of nature. Like you are natural. Trans people are natural. We exist as fluidly as the trees and as the wind that flows through the trees and the ocean that creates the breeze that flows through the trees it's like we we have access to all of those energies in our transness and we are so sacred and so valuable so valuable to our communities and even if your community isn't able presently to see you in your fullness and in your magnificence Um, I see you and I know who you are as a trans person and I love you and I have reverence for you and you have a home in my heart always. Yes, trans Jesus is here. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how I feel. It's just how I feel. 
I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Oh, man. It's just, yeah, just like trans people. We love you. Like, you're loved. (laughs) We love you. We see you and we hear you. You are loved by me. You are loved by Dylan. You are loved by Claire. We see you and we hear you. And not to piggyback off of Claire, but you all have a place in our hearts. You're loved. You're beloved by us. And, like, it will get easier, you know? I have this poster in my room that this non-binary artist Grimes, their handle is G-G-G-G-R-I-M-E-S, beautiful illustrator. And um, the poster, it says, things are going to get better, even if you believe that they're not. And Wow. Perfect. That's what I'm gonna. I'm. That's what I'm gonna leave. I feel at. like I needed to hear. You're that. like actually, I was the person. I was, I was the person, person that needed to hear that. I love you, Zach. Oh, I love you too, Clear. Alrighty, everyone. I believe that completes part one of Clear's interview. Please join us next week, where we'll be asking questions regarding his artistry and just his experience as a musician. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Thank you. Yay! Bye! We are Whisper Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Whisper Podcasts. We're Zach and Dylan. You can find us at Whisper Podcasts on Instagram and on Twitter at Whisper underscore podcasts. Visit our website and blog at thewhisperpodcast.com. Interested in chatting with us live? Send us a DM at one of our social sites or reach out at whisperwfpodcasts at gmail.com with potential interviewee stated in the subject line. Cover art by Dylan Gomez. Editing by Zach Tyler. Music by audioonyx.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Love the show? Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We are a completely independent show. If you would like to support the show and get a shout out on the air with a special gift, you can find us at Whisper Podcast on Patreon.com. <laughs>